classic fairy tale, uh, the movie called Shrek. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, or maybe you're new, or if you're joining us online for the first time, my name's Kevin. I serve as the lead pastor here at Greenbelt. And every month of July, we do something a little bit different, a little bit kind of a little kooky and crazy. Uh, we do something called At the Movies, where we take kind of modern, famous Hollywood blockbuster movies, and we unpack them, and we look at the biblical truth that we can find hidden in those movies. Now, I admit it, sometimes the, the truth of God is really hidden, really deep in some of these movies, and it's a little challenging to find them. But we kind of do this, and I, I actually feel this is very similar to the ministry of what Jesus did. You know, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was walking around from town to town, you know, yes, he went through Scripture and he taught people Scripture, but he also told stories. We call them now parables. He told stories that connected with the hearts of the men and the women and the boys and girls in these towns to point people closer to the kingdom of God. And so that's what we do with every month of July. We take these movies and we just try to help us all draw closer to the kingdom of God through these stories. So it's great to have the kids with you uh, with us here this morning. Hopefully I'll try to keep you all totally interested and totally engaged. It's only an hour and a half message this week. I'm kidding. All the parents, the shoulders went up, so that's good. I'd love to know when you're listening. But today's story starts with a very, very famous line. Once upon a time, far off place that we know that something amazing is going to happen. And in this story, we meet the ogre Shrek. And Shrek just wants to be left alone. He's got this wonderful home in the middle of the swamp that he loves and that he enjoys. And he just wants, as he puts it, his privacy. He just wants to be left alone from the world around him. He just wants to live his life. He doesn't want to bother anybody. He doesn't want to disrupt anybody. And he just wants everyone to leave him alone. He puts up signs, stay out, keep away, get lost, you're not welcome here. All of these subtle signs that he just wants to be left alone. But the town villagers, they just can't have an ogre living near them. So every night they grab their torches and they grab their pitchforks. They grind their axes to drive this evil ogre away from their village. Of course, he does what ogres do best, scares them off, towers over them, screaming and foaming at the mouth, driving these people away. But then there's this new lord in the area, the Lord Farquaad, who wants to get rid of all the fairyland creatures that are living in his kingdom because he wants the perfect realm, the perfect land. And he's going to work very hard to ensure he creates a perfect kingdom. And in order to have a perfect kingdom, you can't have people who look different. You can't have people who act different. They all must look the same, act the same, behave the same, because that creates a perfect world, according to Lord Farquaad. So he drives out all these fairy tale creatures, and Shrek comes face to face with a talking donkey named Donkey. Real original. (laughs) 
And I think every Sunday we should start singing songs with a talking donkey because, man, the worship just went crazy this Sunday. Oh, what it is. It's like talking donkeys are a good way to start a Sunday morning. So maybe that's going to be a new thing for a while. But suddenly when Shrek meets this donkey, suddenly he meets someone who isn't afraid of him, someone who likes him. And not likes him for who he should be or likes him for who he could be, but likes him for who he is right now, accepts him for who he is right now. And this is something new for Shrek, to have a friend who would accept him just that way. And so this week, as we're kind of talking about this movie Shrek, and we're going to jump into the Bible a little bit today and look at what the Bible has to say about this topic, is today I want to explore How do you and I treat people? How do you and I treat people? And I especially want to talk to those of you that are here today or joining us online, those who would say, I am a Christian. Not that I'm a churchgoer or not that I'm a religious person, but that I believe that Jesus died for me. I've accepted the fact that Jesus died for me. I've accepted the fact that I have this thing called sin that needed to be dealt with. And so Jesus died for those sins. I believe that. I have accepted that. I've chosen to follow him. And so for us who believe that and have accepted that, I want us to look at how do we treat people. And if you're here today or watching again online and and you're not too sure you believe that, I really hope that you will be blessed and listen to today's message. But ultimately, the, the heart of the message isn't so much for you, but it's for, really for those who call ourselves followers of Jesus. And I want us to start by asking ourselves the, this question. Have you ever judged someone without really knowing them? Now that's, a, that's kind of a, woo, that's a little bit of a heavy question this morning. And sometimes we, the, we of course, a different religion, someone whose lifestyle isn't similar to your lifestyle, Style, someone who doesn't look like you, someone who doesn't act like you, someone who doesn't believe like you. Is there not just this little part in us that judges them, that kind of makes our own conclusion about other people who look different, who act different, who believe different? Maybe just kind of a little bit of kind of public confession. Yeah, it's pretty much all of us, right? There's something in the human condition. There's something in our human heart. There's something about our fleshy bodies that judge one another. And Shrek finds himself constantly, constantly, constantly being judged, not for anything apart from the fact that he was born an ogre. And ogres are obviously evil. Ogres are obviously no good. Ogres obviously must be driven from our communities. And so that's why Shrek has spent his whole life guarding his heart, guarding his swamp, making sure nobody can get in, that no one will judge him until all these fairy tale creatures show up in his swamp. 
Pinocchio, the three little pigs, Snow White, the three blind white, the three blind mice, and more and more and more of these creatures show up. And he unwillingly becomes their hero. Because he decides he's going to go to Lord Farquaad and different towns. He would attract a very large crowd around him. Hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of people would stop what they're doing and go to hear what Jesus had to say. See, because Jesus was pretty much the best someone from the dead. (laughs) That draws a huge crowd. And when Jesus would teach these crowds... He, he would speak to people because not everyone in the crowd would say they liked Jesus. You see, in the crowd, there would be the followers of Jesus. There would be the people who are curious about Jesus. And there would be the enemies of Jesus, the people who did not like him, who wanted him to go away, to stop doing what he was doing. And as we study the Bible, we see that the people who hated him the most were religious people. The religious leaders of his day who kind of had their rules, who had their traditions, who liked worship to be a certain way. Jesus was disrupting all of that, was kind of turning it on its head, saying, well, you guys say this, but I've got something else to tell you. And he teaches something in kind of in Matthew chapter, um, Matthew chapter 7. This is kind of a famous passage in the Bible, if you're not familiar with the Bible. Is Jesus is speaking to a huge crowd. Again, some people are his followers, some people are just curious, and some people are his enemy. And he's speaking to that crowd, and he talks about this very important, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, And pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. These are powerful words from Jesus. Again, speaking to a large crowd, his followers, the curious, and his enemies. His enemies, the religious leaders of his day, had built an entire religious system based around judging one another. Is They would even set up, here are certain people that you never touch. Here are certain people that you never speak to. Here are certain people that you never eat with. Here are people that you never allow into your home because they were worried about something called becoming unclean. (laughs) That if you hung out with these people, if you associated with those people, you would become unclean. And they did everything in their religious tradition to ensure that they would stay what they called clean. (laughs) And Jesus had very harsh words to say to people who were treating other people like this. Jesus would say things like, it's not all of these traditions that keep you clean. In fact, it's what's already in your heart (laughs) that makes you clean or unclean. It's not how you wash your hands but it's kind of, it's the yucky, dirty, messy stuff coming out of your heart. Because it's out of your heart 
that drives how you think, how you behave, how you act, how you treat people. <laughs> right? This word here of judge that's used here in Matthew's gospel is written, original, the original language this was written in was in Greek. And the, the word here, judge, is a fancy word called krino. Kids, you want to repeat that after me? Say krino. No, you got to roll your R a little bit. Krino. Krino. Some good Greek words here for the kids today, okay? We're going to teach them some Greek, okay? Krino. And what this means is this is expressing negative opinion about someone. And that's kind of in all of our hearts, if we're not careful, that we can easily fall into krino. Something in our heart wants to express a negative feeling, a negative opinion about some of some people. And I don't know about you, but I know in my own life, the times when I develop a negative opinion is usually in situations or towards people that I don't know all the details. I only see a little piece of someone's story. I don't know what's going on in someone's life. I don't know what's happening under all the layers of the onion. You see, because everybody's life is like an onion. And there's layers upon layers upon layers. We're all ogres. Let's watch this clip. Yeah, exactly. We're all onions. We're all ogres. In our lives, we all have layers. And we only see certain layers in people's lives. And Jesus, that's what he's warning people about when we quickly judge so he uses this story talking about sawdust and a plank of wood. And what's fascinating about this story, when you kind of unpack it and really study it, a speck of sawdust is the smallest particle that we can make from wood on our own. Like whether you're using some sandpaper to get it really, really fine, that speck of sawdust is so incredibly tiny. It's incredibly insignificant. It can't be used for anything. It can't do anything. But boy, oh boy, when you get that in your eye, don't you work like crazy to get it out? The tiniest, tiniest, the smallest piece of wood that humans can create, when it becomes into our eyes, what a mess it can create. And Jesus is saying, you're so concerned with that little tiny thing in someone else's life, and you're completely ignoring this big, giant stick of wood sticking out of your own face. <laughs> he's saying to people who follow him, he's saying to people who are curious about him, he's even saying this to people who don't like him. Stop being so concerned with someone else's speck when you've got all this wood in your own eye. See, Jesus' love for humanity is so great. Jesus wants all of us to deal with the wood that's in our eyes, the messiness of our own lives. The Bible calls that sin. We all have sin in our lives that need to be dealt with. And we see this same principle again and again and again, where the call on God's people, for those who say, I am a Christian, the call for us is to not be so concerned with everyone else's sin. 
We need to deal with our sin. We need to let God clean us up to mature us, to grow us, to deal with the gunk that we have in our own eyes. Now, sure, as a family, we help each other out. We help clean each other up. We help spur each other on. We pray for each other. We encourage each other. But Jesus says it's not our job to judge one another. The Bible reminds us that judgment is someone else's job. Paul, the apostle, who used to be an enemy of Jesus, became one of Jesus' strongest followers. And he started all these churches all over the Roman Empire. And he wrote a letter to the church, to the Christians that met in the city of Rome. And he said this to those Christians in the city of Rome, the most powerful city in the world at that time. He said this, he said, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. (laughs) You ever notice that? The things that we see in other people that drive us the craziest, if we were a little honest, it's the stuff that we do too. (laughs) That one thing, when we see your kids doing that, you see your spouse doing that, you you see there's something in our heart. And Paul speaks to that. says, says, you know, why are you doing that? Why are you passing judgment when we do the same things? And then he says in in verse 2 of chapter 2, Paul says, Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such thing is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? You see, sometimes I think that we, um, sadly, I think for a long time the church has felt it is our mission to judge the world. And the world has responded in kind because they don't like to be judged. How many of you enjoy to be judged? Show of hands. How many of you love it when someone doesn't know your story, doesn't know what's going on in your life, and they just judge you? Anyone? Who likes that? So why would, the, why would we believe as followers of Jesus that that is the best way to win someone for Jesus? Jesus himself said, I didn't come into the world to judge it. I came into the world to save it. See, Jesus teaches that the world is already under judgment because sin is in the world. Humanity is fallen. Humanity has this thing called sin. We've all inherited it. We all have it. It's all been passed through Adam. We're guilty of Adam's sin. We're guilty of our own sin. We didn't need Jesus to come into the world to judge us. We're already guilty. We needed Jesus to come into the world to save us. You see, judgment has a way, and maybe some of you have experienced judgment from religious people, but judgment has a way to hurt people deeply. When we're judged by those who are supposed to be kind of the the men, the women, the boys and girls who are supposed to be the image of God in this world, when we judge, we hurt and we wound. 
And that's Shrek. That's his story. He's so hurt and so wounded by the judgment that he has received that he doesn't even know how to respond to love. Let's watch this clip here. Keep everyone out. It's because of the hurt he's received. Because of the judgment that he has received. And when the mission of the church is to judge sinners, we forget that we were sinners. We forget that we still sin. We're not perfect, but we follow a perfect God. We're not without mess in our lives, but we believe in the God who is powerful enough to clean up the mess in our lives, in our hobbies. Because, and this is the big idea today, is that a true friend shows the love and the forgiveness that we have received. A true friend shows the love and the forgiveness that we have received. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you're perfect. I talk to people so often who says, well, I can't, you know, I, I shouldn't go to church or I can't really call myself a Christian yet until I clean up my life. You see, well, I understand where that comes from because I I used to believe that. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's what man-made religion teaches. Be a good girl. Be a good boy. Then hide for you. That's a very different message than I have to clean up my life first and then go to church. Clean up my life first and then believe. Jesus says, no, believe, and then trust me with your life, (laughs) and let God work in your life. So we, as the church, we as followers of Jesus, we need to be true friends to people around us, showing the love and the forgiveness that we have received. So three ways. The first is to remember that we all need mercy. Every single person on this planet needs mercy. Jesus said this, Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father is also merciful. You see, when Jesus died for our sin, the Bible teaches us that he he paid a price that you and I couldn't pay. We couldn't be religious enough or good enough to make God happy, to kind of wipe away our sin. We By dying on the cross. So we have received incredible mercy. We have received incredible mercy. And so, like Jesus said, therefore we need to be merciful. Just as our Father is merciful. The second thing that we need to remember is that we all need forgiveness. All of us mess up. All of us make mistakes. None of us are perfect. A true friend forgives. And that's what we see play out again and again and again all throughout this movie. Is every time Shrek becomes the ugly ogre, Donkey doesn't respond like a religious person. Saying, you don't deserve. You must repent. You must be punished. Donkey responds as, I forgive you. I forgive you. 
I forgive you. Let's watch this clip. So we need to remember to be a true friend in the world. We need to remember that everyone needs mercy. Everyone needs forgiveness. Jesus said this in Mark's gospel. He said, whenever you start, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. And then finally, if we want to be a true friend, we want to show the love and the forgiveness that we have received. Remember, everyone needs mercy. Everyone needs forgiveness. And remember, we all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Every single one of us has a speck of sawdust in our eyes. We all have sin. And the only thing, the only one who can deal with sin is Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Jesus isn't just for church people. Jesus isn't just for people who look like me, who act like me, who behave like me. Hopefully there's not a lot of people who behave like me because that would just be weird. Too many of that would be weird. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Your family, your colleagues, your friends at school, wherever you go, they don't need judgment. They need Jesus because Jesus loves them and Jesus loves them so much that he put you as a Christian in their life to show the love of God, to show the mercy of God, to show the forgiveness of God wherever you go. That's what the world desperately needs to see. Jesus said this, he said, for God did not send his into, sorry, for God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That's our call as followers of God. That's our call as Christians to model that everywhere that we go. And when we live that kind of life as a true friend, we will see more and more and more people live happily ever after. For all eternity. Because <laughs> it's only Jesus that deals with our eternity. It's only Jesus that saves us from our sin. It's only Jesus that brings us back into the kingdom of God. <laughs> and the world desperately needs that more than ever. You see, Shrek found his happily ever after. <laughs> and everywhere that you go, there are people who need to know what their happily ever after is going to be. And it's not by keeping rules. It's not by keeping traditions. It's not by being a good girl, being a good boy. (laughs) But it's by receiving the mercy and the forgiveness of God in their lives. (laughs) And God wants you to show that to them. So let's pray together today. And I do want to just take a moment to pray. Um, If you're here today or if you're joining us online, and maybe this message is new to you, Maybe you were raised kind of very in a, in a very religious tradition where you had to perform, you had to be good in order to earn God's love. Um, I just want you to know that's actually the way I was raised. And I spent most of my life wanting nothing to do with God or nothing to do with the church because I knew deep down inside I couldn't be good enough. I knew deep down inside I couldn't keep all of these rules and all of these traditions. But then when I actually met Jesus for myself, that it's his forgiveness, it's his mercy that makes a difference in my life, then suddenly that changed everything. And so even today, even in this room or even online, 
you can be brought into the family of God, not by just keeping all of these traditions, but just by praying a simple prayer. And if God is asking you and putting that on your heart to do that today, I don't want to single you out. I don't want you to pray by yourself. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray this out loud together today, because I believe no one should pray on their own. So let's just all repeat after me as we pray today. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that it's his death on the cross that makes me clean. I thank you it's your mercy, God, and your forgiveness that makes me clean. So, God, I give you my life. I pray that you would use me to show your mercy and your forgiveness everywhere that I go. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.